Welcome, guys, to the Cup of Nurses podcast with your hosts, Peter Fender and myself, Matt Slarczyk. This is a podcast where we tackle current health news and hot nursing topics one conversation at a time. If you find any value in this podcast, please give us a review, a follow, and a share. We are growing this podcast, and you wouldn't believe how much it helps us if you give us exactly that. It motivates us, and it helps us to keep on producing this high-quality content. Pete, how are we doing today, man? We're doing great, dude. Give us all the love. We want a thick podcast, you know what I'm saying? And this couple news episode, number 37, man, almost almost 50, almost halfway to 100. Today, we're going to talk about the David Goggins-inspired run slash journey, the 4x4x48. We'll go a little bit in depth of what it is, what's happening, how we're going to do it, what do people recommend, and things like that. We're also going to share some information we found regarding refined grains and the negative effects of soybean oil. And you'd be shocked about the soybean oil because we always have been talking about high fructose corn syrup, but that research says that soybean oil is worse. To be honest, I didn't even know soybean oil existed until today. Like, I, I guess I had it somewhere in the background, but I've never or rarely have seen something say soybean oil. Do you remember when you were talking shit to me that I was picky about my salad dressings? Mm-hmm. I was picky because every single salad dressing has soybean oil. Oh, that, sh- that that was that main ingredient I never wanted, and that's why I was so um, consistent on getting Primal Kitchen with it, which is a soybean oil-free um, dressing. Nice, yeah. Maybe maybe I'll, I'll switch sides because I don't use smudge dressings in, in general, so I don't, I don't really care for like those ingredients in general. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But but yeah, I mean, the research you have done has may has swayed me a little bit towards your end of the spectrum. You know yeah, man. You're, we're gonna start checking out the food ingredients labels yeah. all the time. So this whole by 4x48, uh, it's been interesting because you called me out on it a couple weeks ago on the podcast and I just said, fuck it, let's do it. Originally, it was just like a random idea that I seen as a post. And David Goggins is a freaking boss. Like, he's been very inspirational. I read his book. Like, he basically puts your life in like, you know how like Mother Nature slaps you around? Well, David Goggins kind of slaps you on like, wow, your life could be a lot worse. Yeah, David Goggins is, is legit, like dopest human in the world. I found out about him. Uh, through Joe Rogan when he went on his, on his podcast. I listened to both episodes and the only really podcasts that I have saved and downloaded are just are his podcast, the Joe, Joe Rogan and David Goggins ones. And yeah, I read his book. I have his Audible. I, read, I listened to his Audible twice. I rewatch his podcast every, every so often because it's just like so inspiring. It's just like straight motivation and yeah. the way he talks and just the way he perceives life right now and the way he tackles life. It's just like probably like every man's dream mindset is to have... It would be as hard as him, basically, you know, mentally. Because this dude, he's not huge or anything like that. He's not the, the buffest guy, but just his his mental strength is just insane. And, like, one of, one of the takeaways I always get away from him is you have this governor in your mind, you know, and he says that you operate on 40%. And once you get to that 40%, you usually tell yourself, I can't do it. This is enough. Okay, slow down because it doesn't want to get you past that. And what happens is you have to break those limits, and that's what calcifies your mind to just keep on pushing because mm-hmm. – your mind's going to be like, damn, he's not freaking giving up, dude. He's just going. Well, we just got to keep on pushing. And then eventually your mind reaches new thresholds. And that's what like this 4x48 is for me. Not only are we donating to a to a good cause, the fight for the forgotten, right? We're also doing this for our own selves, like calcifying this, right? Like whenever we're going to be in a difficult situation and you're going to be like, damn, life sucks right now. Mm. But you know what? I did this challenge before. I ran 48 miles in two damn days. I'm a badass mother effer. Oh, yeah. I could take anything if I did this, you know? Mm-hmm. That's like a little takeaway that I want from this race for myself, mm-hmm. just to kind of give me that self-motivation for 
hard times. Isn't it crazy how physical it, it is, this, this race and his challenge, but our goals and our perception and the reason why we're doing this, it's all mental. Yeah. You know, we're not doing this to make ourselves stronger, faster, to develop our cardiovascular health. We're not doing it for that reason. We're doing it for like our mental health. So we break down those, those barriers because like when you guys run, do physical activity, what's the first thing to fail? You don't, you don't stop running because you sprain an ankle. You don't stop running because you hurt yourself. You, you stop running because you give up mentally, yep. you know? And sometimes that happens quicker for some and it takes longer for others, but your, your mental thoughts fail you. And that's why you stop doing these hard tasks and activities. And Matt brought up the Fight for the Forgotten, which is a charity that we're, we're going to donate donate to. And hopefully you guys can donate some money as well. And this donation, it was started by UFC fighter Justin Wren. And it's it's donation for the Pygmy people, which are located in Uganda in Africa. And this small tribe of people had basically been kicked off their land by the government, by other tribes. And they're, they're regarded as the world's most bullied people right? yeah, in the so world. they got kicked off their land and without any kind of social economic backing these people are are so bullied and, and looked down upon so harshly where at one point the guy justin justin ran brought a little kid to the hospital for medical treatment and the physician told him we don't waste our resources on these kind of people that's so, so sad that's, man yeah that's how that's much adversity they have to fight yeah and basically what this foundation is doing is initially it started with digging and providing walls and, and water for these, for these people. Now it's, expanding, now it's expanding to help them build homes. So this foundation donates direct to those people, gets them a fatty, gives them water, and gives them a place to stay. Because right now they literally have nothing and they're solely dependent on basic donations and, and whatever they could kind of scavenge themselves. And the land where they used to live on is completely different than what they're living on now. So yeah. not only do they not know how to provide for themselves <clears throat> on, on this land, they also got you know kicked off and they're also not getting any kind of treatment that they're supposed to get as human beings. Yes. They're almost like not humans. These Systematically, they've been evicted. Like that's like gentrification, you know, and they were called the keepers of the forest. Mm -hmm. So it's, that's messed up, man. So it's a good cause that we're doing this for. So if you guys, yeah, just like Peter said, if we'd appreciate any donations, it goes hundred percent to this cause, these refugees, people, the pygmies in Uganda. Yeah. The link is going to be in, in my bio and Matt's bio, uh, and then also the couple nurses bio on Instagram. We're going to provide the links in the show notes for this. Um, those the links directly to the Fight for Forgotten website, so you donate directly to them. No really middleman, and then we're also going to get a PayPal link for you guys because yeah. sometimes you know, people prefer to pay via one route than the other. So let's not decrease our donations because people don't feel like you know signing up or whatever. Maybe we should hit up these guys too and see if we raise enough. We could reach out to him himself, and maybe he could take a photo for us or something. Or yeah, something. maybe. But I mean, I don't know how... It's a, it's a, it's a long right shot, now. but I'm down for yeah. it. Yeah, might as well. I mean, it won't hurt. That'd be, it'd be pretty cool. Maybe he flies in. That'd be legit. So yeah, so this is definitely a good cause, guys. Like as, as nurses, like we want to help other people. I know there's a lot of donation, like different donation places out there, different charities. We just picked this one because, you know, we feel bad for them and it's, 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 it's tough, especially for us. It's tough. Imagine how tough it is for people that don't have a consistent home to go to or consistent food or consistent yeah. water. They don't have their basic needs to survive. So imagine how stressed, stressed they are, how much, how tough life is for them. We we complain about little things, but without food, shelter, and water, what, what else are you going to complain about? Yeah, it's like it's like the missile, uh, you know, Middle Eastern refugees are very sad. Yeah. And just to kind of summarize about the race, like, it's going to be tough. It's going to be interesting because, you know, we're not marathon runners. Mm -hmm. We don't run often. Like, I probably run like 10 miles a week max. And here we got to do 48. Okay. 
Huh? Okay, dude. Maybe, Damn, you called me out. Maybe like last week you did that, dude. I'm not so, consistent. Well, I've been keeping up. But re- before, yeah, it's been like yeah. three, four miles a week. Yeah, so, yeah so we're barely run. ready for this in a way. Yeah, I, I used to never run. No reason I'm running is because of this. And like, I could barely run in the first place because my ankle is still messed up. So I've been doing cardio at, at the gym. Just I've been kind of not focused much, as much on weightlifting. I was just doing a bunch of circuits trying to boost my, my cardiovascular system up because that's what it's going to be about. You know, as long as you got a good cardiovascular system, you're, you should be able, able to run. I mean, my legs could hold up my body. I'm also cutting down on weight to make it easier for myself. I want to hit 150 by like next week. So hopefully it'll, that'll also ease things off because I'm not yeah. going to be as heavy. I walk around, you know, like 157, 158. Fighting weight is like 155, but you know, whatever. Exactly. I'm going to be down on 180. So I'm going to have like a harder time with this. Yeah. And it's kind of cool too, like working on like form because I never really got into like long-term marathon racing, right? So they always focus on evenly moving your arms, having a 90 degrees, having your hands loose and actually helps with like, you okay, know, nice. full lung expansion mm-hmm. and everything. So it's, it's dope. Yeah. And I've never done anything like this. Like this is 48 hours and you run four miles every four hours continuously. So four miles, then a break, then four miles again. I've never done any kind of athletic activity like this. Like maybe I've done like two workouts a day or I would do like three or something like that. And maybe I'll run at night. Like I've done that before, but not like this two days straight with this four hour in between. Like that's, it's going to be probably, it's just going to be more mental than physical. Oh, hell because yeah, we could for sure run four miles. We could, without any kind of training, we could run four miles. Would it be hard to run four miles? Yeah. Could we do it? Yeah. But the thing is, it's four miles every four hours, 48 hours. Yeah, mentally it's gonna be be hard because we're gonna be sleep deprived and we're gonna be tired. And then once hungry. you get into that stage of like shin splints, yeah, soreness, yeah, it's gonna be fun. That's right. Luke's gonna massage our feet after each run. Yeah, and we're gonna have this whole thing vlogged, so don't forget to check that out as well. Mm-hmm. Well, let's check out the refined carbs. So, refined grains. Refined grains. Yeah. So refined grains, guys and girls. I'm trying to get rid of saying guys. I say too much. I've been told, but peeps. Hey, I'll use peeps or something, you know, for peeps. Easter, peeps for Easter, peeps. perfect, dude. Exactly. He's on a vlog. But refined grain, grains is a term used to, to explain, um, like, so you have a grain. Let me explain this first. So you have, you have a grain and there's three parts to a grain. There's a bran, the germ, and the endosperm. The typical thing that we eat is the endosperm. And what refined grains are, is they're milled to get rid of the, the bran and the germ. So you just have the endosperm left compared to a whole grain where you're eating the whole thing, the the bran, the germ, and the endosperm. And those, the bran and the germ that get rid of during the milling process and are not present in the refined grains, those things have nutrition. Yeah. So, and they have more nutrition value than the actual endosperm itself. So when you get rid of the bran and the germ through the refination process or the refining process, the milling, you're losing fiber, vitamin E, and vitamin B. And as you guys know, fiber is a part of the plant that we don't digest and it helps us feel full, hungry. It makes our GI system happy and makes us, you know, poop properly. You know? And vitamin E is a powerful antioxidant that combats disease and just kind of helps you stay healthy. And vitamin B helps us feel energetic. I know, Matt, you're taking a vitamin B complex, right? It's right supposed now, to also yeah. help with, with GI health. And we're missing those. And by eating refined grains compared to whole grains, you're missing that part of the grain that you're not getting. Because when people ate grains back in the day, they didn't have this re- refining process. So they had the full nutritional value, the full nutritional value of the grain itself. So it was healthier for them. And these are one of the reasons why we say to eat whole foods, not refined grains, right? And yeah. that's like the it's like the easiest finger food, man. Like one thing I hate at work is that snack drawer, right? It's just chilling there all the time. And you're stressed out at work, you just go go grab a few, few yeah. snack, few snack. And then before you know it, like yesterday, I had three little 
uh, Hershey, you know, kisses, man. I always, all oh, those squares. Those little squares. Especially good because I would, there's three different kinds, the different varieties, and just enough chocolate to like hold me over. I always take one of each flavor, and that's kind of my my chocolate for the day, and that's yeah. and it works fine. It throw me like I think like sixty calories each, so six twelve, so like hundred eighty calories in in those three pieces. Yeah. Maybe a little bit. I'm probably on um, averaging up so you yeah. kind of like 150 and that's why we're open about it because mm-hmm. you know we're human too we tend to eat like we're not some like crazy psychos and we don't consume any damn sweets sometimes we have a little you know snack it happens yeah. Yeah. so i was looking at some research regarding refining grains and like whole grains and i came across a few research articles and studies that are saying that if you eat refined grains you have a higher risk of cardiovascular disease hypertension obesity um, I didn't really look at diabetes, but it's has been shown to kind of increase those. If you have a chance to pick whole grains over refined grains, 100%, you should always pick pick the whole grains. Um, there is, of course, if you eat a lot of grains, you eat a lot of carbs, so you know you might still gain weight if anything. But I know I ate some Cheerios today, and I looked at the box, and Cheerios don't actually have any kind of refined grains. They, they use whole grains. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. So one study I looked at is associations of cereal grains intake with cardiovascular disease and mortality across 21 countries. So this was a systemic, systemic review, and it gathered data on about 140,000 people, and then with all the exclusion criteria that was met, they narrowed down to about 137,000 people from 21 countries. And it showed that if you are in the highest intake category of refining grains, which is considered 350 grams a day, if you're eating more grams of 350 a day with those uh, refined grains, you have a higher risk of total mortality through major cardiovascular disease events. So heart attacks, strokes, that's a lot. That's That's a lot, but dude, think about it. If you go to McDonald's, one burger, you're going to be almost a third of that. Yeah. You know, think about me and you don't eat a lot of carbs because we, we're kind of more on like the keto we're, side of we're things. We're conscious, yeah. But if you look at majority of society, all the snacks, everything like that, dude. So some people, if, if they snack a lot, they're for sure hitting at 350, dude. Yeah, even if you have like, you know, six Oreos, it's mm-hmm. like 50 right there. Yeah. It's like one sixth or whatever the, right. the, you know, calc is. Yeah, and not everybody looks at the ingredients. So they're probably eating even more refined grains than they think. Just because something might seem healthy on the front of the box, nice picture, it's got some fruits over there, some some veggies, and you don't actually look at the ingredients, you're probably missing a lot of a lot of negative ingredients that are in there, because not everyone's always nutrition label label conscious, you know. Yeah, Th- that and I hate how they sneak things in, man. They mm-hmm. sometimes like like fruit coast, like they have like a bunch of little little code names that they always switch around and call it, you know, that or cornstarch or just fruit coast or circulos, but it's all like the same, you know. Yeah. And also, yeah, you did another study here, right? The relationship between bread and obesity. Yeah, so this one was interesting because it actually looked at the traditional Mediterranean diet in Spain. And they noticed that slowly this Mediterranean diet in Spain, people are eating less bread because in Europe and in Spain, bread's seen as something that's that's going to uh, make you gain weight. Fatten them, yeah. And that's a Polish, Polish thing too, you know? Like they say, roshnes, jak nadrozdrav, right? So it's, it's also regarding the, the grains, you know, because, yeah. right? Because Droza is a grain, right? Yes, sure. it is. Yeah, so people like, you know, associated with, with you know, gaining weight. And it was a system, systematic review. And basically, it looked at a few studies. So 14, I'll just summarize it for you guys. There's 14 studies that it, that it looked at. And five of them found that refined wheat increases fat. Five of those studies showed the benefit of whole grain over white. And four studies showed no relationship. So 10 out of the 14 studies showed a correlation that either... Either the refined wheat and grains were 
were bad for you and caused obesity, or they showed that the whole grains were better than the refined grains. And all this, and they looked at a few more studies that I'm not gonna get into depth in, but basically summarized their conclusion to this is whole grain bread does not influence weight gain, but white bread has a relationship with excess abdominal fat. So that's kind of how that one went. Another one I looked at interestingly was regarding cereals because I realized that a lot of people eat cereals. Like we have breakfast cereals. Kids eat cereal all the time. People eat cereal all the time. It's a it's a quick breakfast snack. People eat in the morning. I, I used to love it. Mm -hmm. How much? How often have you you know been into um, elementary school? And that was Dude, the thing. Yeah, Kellogg's, cinnamon toast crunch, like one of my favorites. Yeah, and actually, I I give props to to the cereal industry because I remember growing up, cereal used to be so sweet. It didn't matter what was in it, and now you kind of saw a jump into the more health conscious aspect if you yeah. look at what cheerios had had in them when they first started or a few years ago compared to what they have now it's a drastic change so cheerios are a lot healthier now than before and plus they also fortify them with different vitamins that you know kids might might not get on a normal diet you know so cereals are good but like, like moderation you know so this study actually was titled breakfast cereal consumption and obesity risk amongst mid-age cohort of australian longitudinal study on a woman's health so this actually looked into women's health and their relationship with with cereal basically and they concluded that any breakfast cereal intake was not associated with incident obesity so what they're saying is that eating cereal does not directly lead to obesity but then they also looked at all, like types of cereals and it said oat-based museli and brand-based cereal intake were associated with a significant reduction in obesity risk so if you're eating like a normal amount of cereal, you're not overeating cereal, then you should be okay. It's not going to lead to any kind of obesity unless you're obviously over consuming it. But they're saying if you're trying to lose weight or, you know, or you're kind of worried about your weight or maybe you're on a border, you should probably switch to these different O-based or Museli or brand-based cereals because those have been shown to actually reduce the risk of obesity. Yeah. You know? And like, and like the goal, the next goal after that is just completely hop off cereals mm -hmm. and just have some whole foods in the morning. Like... Yeah bread and toast maybe or just have like your eggs or an omelet just have something that to replace the oatmeal right because these cereals still are bad there's still st processed there's still diabetes in a box unfortunately you know long yeah. story short yeah i mean yeah but there's just like the I mean, fiber I, ones are good i like those. One, yeah there's different kinds like i'm saying like if you eat a serving size of cereal every day you're gonna be completely fine yeah you know but if you're you know trying to do a, a major cut you should probably get rid of that bowl you know things like that uh, last study I looked at, it was titled Glycemic Load, Glycemic Index, Bread, and Incidence of Overweight Obesity in Mediterranean Cohort, the Sun Project. So this actually followed 9,200 people from our Spanish university over a period of five years. And they concluded that white bread and a whole grain bread were not associated with higher weight gain. No association between glycemic index, glycemic load, and weight change was found. But then they also concluded with the other research that they found is that white bread consumption was directly associated with a higher risk of becoming overweight and obese. They're mm -hmm. saying that that refined wheats, white bread do not straight up directly lead to obesity, but by overconsumption of them, you're going to be at risk for obesity. Yeah, because you can't say one item is going to directly correlate, right? So. As a science researcher, you can't say, okay, hey, Pete, you eat two pieces of bread, you're probably going to get fat. Yeah. Not really, because mm -hmm. that's not the only thing. But more, you know, this just basically gives us the evidence that, like, yeah, mm -hmm. white bread, no bueno. Yeah. If you guys want, like, the best, healthiest bread out there, whoever's curious, the best one is a sprouted. Sprouted bread is, like, directly right before the germanization process. I don't know the exact detail, but I know for a fact, like, uh, doing my research, uh, 
Yeah. Sprouted breads. Yeah. Way to go. So the way to look at food, a simple way to figure out if something is healthy or not healthy is think about what process it took to get to where it is now. So take like a granola bar compared to an orange, right? An orange is what? How did the orange get here? Well, somebody got off a tree, right? And yep. then it got directly here. One a ingredient. Granola bar. A granola bar. Somebody had to grow the wheat. They had to process the wheat. They had to mix these ingredients. They had to ship it here. They had to store it. If you look at the process, longer the process is to make this, probably the more healthy it's going to be. But then there's also that, that you know, technology progresses and food food's able to make it quick, quicker and, and, and that into it. But that's just a simple approach to things. If you're really trying to be more health conscious, just take that step and you're going to have a drastic change in your diet. Yeah. And that's what it is. Like the more things are processed, the less, less genetic information it has, like almost like DNA information for us that nature is providing, right? The more it's refined, the more it's just a number, meaning just a calorie. Your Yes, your body needs calories, but it also needs these nutrients, these minerals, and these protein complexes that are literally information for us that tell our body what to do and how to process. Yeah, yeah. yeah the more refined it gets, the more modified it gets, the less healthier it gets for you. And then going back into the next part where we're going to keep tackling this problem of obesity, right? We found another research topic and it's talking about the negative effects of soybean oil. We thought that like high fructose corn syrup is bad, but after doing the research here, you guys are going to be surprised. Mm -hmm. And just to list off some foods that have soy products in them, soybean oil, we'll go from soy sauce, tofu products, some cereals, all the baked goods usually, the vegetable oils, um, all the margarines. It's just deep into our food. Even like the, um, not the Quest bars, but the One bars, the protein bars, add vegetable oil in it. A lot of anything that's made in a box, basically and packaged, including sweets, have vegetable oils. Yeah, that, they, they mask it because it's not going to, some products aren't going to say soybean oil, right? They're just going to say vegetable oil. And what's in vegetable oil? A part of vegetable oil is soybean oil. Because when they say vegetable oil, they don't list where these oils are coming from. It's, it's probably corn oil, soybean oil. It's all of them combined. And it's kind of like the, those, those hidden ingredients that we, that we don't see, you yes. know? And that's what, that's what makes things tough. Yeah, and, and the dogma is that saturated fats, unlike unsaturated fats, they're, they're claimed good. So soybean oil is a polysaturated fat, and they've got the idea that it's, um, that it's healthy, but really it's not proven. So I'll jump into really quick into this idea of how it became healthy, because it's very interesting before we get into the research. Because just like anything, just like the food industry and the milk industry, right? Like there's an agenda of why things are the way they are, just mm -hmm. like the food pyramid in the 1970s. So here's a surprising story of how seed oils started. And seed oils are anything from canola to the rap seed oils to all vegetable oils, which we're mostly consuming. So in the 1940s, a small group of cardiologists who were members of the American Heart Association received $1.5 million as a donation from Procter & Gamble. And they're a huge company. I, don't, I think they own over 50 brands. Like, what, what is it? A bunch of cereal brands. I'm trying to think what. Uh, Oral-B, Crest. Yeah, they're very deep into the food and um, cosmetic industry. When you think of, when you think of uh, P&G, think of Kellogg's. Like, how much does Kellogg's own? A bunch of random stuff. Yes. Same, same with this. It's the same thing. So you don't really see it because they don't say Crest Procter and Gamble company. It just says Crest, and if you had to, and you flip it around, you're gonna have a little PNG somewhere on on, on, the, on the bottom corner. Yeah, it's like the people that own Google. They're called Alphabet, right? It's like the same way. And just around that time, uh, there was a, a 
not, not a physician, she's hmm. um, cardiovascular f- physiologist, oh. right? That um, her the researcher name goes by um, Ansel Keys, and she introduced a diet lipid hypothesis. And there's basically they said there's a link between saturated fats, which is cholesterol intake, and heart disease. So this is basically citing that animal fats are unhealthy. And the key to a healthier diet is going to be polyunsaturated fats, mm-hmm. which is basically oils from vegetables, from plants, not from meats. And boom, this came out. Um, and, you know, Ansel Key's conclusion was that, that basically this research basically pushed the industrial seed industry behind their motives to eat more seed oil. What does that mean? They basically had ads that said heart healthy margarine, which was sold in form of vegetable oil. They had other seed oils. And as everything becomes commonplace, just like masks and everything we're doing, right? It becomes complacent. And it just became tradition that these polyunsaturated fats are healthy, but the evidence doesn't show that. It was just a hypothesis. We never went to go look back at it. We just been rolling with it, you know. Is that crazy? Because those donations and those influence, just like Lipitor. Yeah. So, like research is amazing, but sometimes when you really di- when you think something is off the research and you really dive into who funded this research or or who does this research benefit, it kind of shows you that there might be some background entity or, or background person making this for their benefit yeah you know because research could, could be skewed and majority of us we don't really read this full research article and we don't really have time to think about what is right or is, is this the proper way to do research we just kind of look at the results and if it shows something interesting then we follow it if it doesn't we kind of skip through it and you could create research studies that are going to benefit your opinion no matter if your opinion is, is wrong like me and Matt give an example all the time of cigarettes. Cigarettes were shown and proven to be healthy for you to have no effect or if anything, minimal effect. And look where cigarettes are now. You know, they're one of the most highest cancer causing things that, that we could consume. Yeah. And that just shows you if a company has, has its own best interest in mind, it's not going to care about the consumer. It's just going to care about sales. And guess what? Now you have this corporate country that is run on corporations and they got to satisfy their investors and they're going to for sure push or try to skew research their way. Yeah. Same thing like we're dealing with, right, these grapeseed oils cause a lot of inflammation. We've seen a rise of arthritis and stuff like that, right? You have um, arthritis, let's get an injection like um, Humarin, right? Mm-hmm. Let's let's do, give a steroid, let's uh, suppress the immune system, let's reduce that inflammation. Diabetes, insulin resistance, okay, let's give metformin, let's, you know, give insulin, let's not cure the actual problem. Hey, what's the problem here? Diet, lifestyle. We're just giving drugs all the time. And this is what we want you guys to realize that just because science says one thing doesn't mean it's the end all be all, right? It's not fixed. You should challenge it. You should do research all the time and question things. That's the whole point of science. It's not just one truth. And I understand that somehow in the world, people lived without all these different foods, different different, um, preservation processes or production or manufacturing ways and these refined foods, you know, they live healthy and happy lives. Yeah. So why are we changing that? You know, why do we have so much ingredients in these in these foods that if you make them at home, they involve less ingredients? Like you making bread at home has a lot less ingredients in it than the bread you get at the store. Why? 
you know, because they, they add the stuff. Who knows what it's for? Do they have your best interest in mind? I don't know. It's usually they're all preservatives because yeah. they need their, their bread to last as long as possible on their shelves or any kind of food because it, the longer it lasts, the less they got to make of it, the more money they make, right? And, and that's kind of how it is. And they want to add the flavor to it. You can't, I probably don't even know how actual bread tastes like, you know, like, like straight bread with just the minimal ingredients. Yep. When was the time you had that? No, and you well, whenever last time my mom made it, right. it's been a while. And you can't even buy in the store, even if you wanted to. If you ask someone, hey, can I have plain whole bread, bread? They're going to be like, I don't know where to get it from. Because where are you going to get it from? Who knows? And oh. they bleach everything. Yeah. And, and that's the thing, man. That's, yeah. So I hope people are waking up and having this conscious mm-hmm. awakening. It's like, what the heck's happening? How we have been living? What's the norm? Because it's like, even ex- as an example, I go to work and they see what I eat, right? And they're like, wow, that's, that's healthy food. Like... No, that's just regular food that a human body has been eating for a while that should be consuming whole foods mm-hmm. because their norm is a standard American diet that is not proven to be healthy. And like we're seeing, oh my God, mortality rates have, or I'm sorry, our um, age average has declined the first time since World War II because of the pandemic. Is it just this pandemic? Yeah, people are dying. But why are we never questioning stuff like this, the shit that we're eating that's actually causing this? Because... Let, let's let's keep this in mind. When someone gets COVID, but they already have cancer and everything and they die, they die of COVID, right? But when somebody has a vaccine death, they die from a underlying condition, not the vaccine death. Mm-hmm. But technically, you're dying from COVID too from an underlying condition. So see how they sway you to make you believe one way or another? Is that crazy? The underlying conditions are the shit that we're eating that we're mentioning right now that we should be avoiding like it's going to make you feel better like mm-hmm. and the thing is with soybean oil not i'm thinking about it right now is oils are usually concentrated right you need a lot of soybeans to produce soybean oil right so you get it's a concentration of it right yeah so now i'm thinking i didn't look into this or anything just straight off the domage you know because you, you guys are live so that's how things so, work but my thing is so you know how soy is bad for men and you know leads to different reproductive issues messes with your hormones I wonder how soybean oil would, af- would affect men, right? Yeah. Because there's a correlation between like vegetable oil and, and, and hormone di- disruption in males and different, different issues that, that arise, infertility is, is linked to it and, you know, all, all these issues. What if it's actually from the soybean oil? It could be, yeah. You know? There's this crazy nutrition book that I read now that I, have to, I honestly have to reread it. It was, it was freaking great, dude. Mm-hmm. It talked about fermented food, how Indians ate like guts as prized because they had prebiotics. But also talked about this industrial seed oils. Don't quote me on exactly how this works. <laughs> um, so she basically explained that the li- all this nutrient that gets delivered, you basically have a lipoprotein that delivers the nutrient to the body, right? Mm-hmm. The brain needs omega-3. Hey, boom, there's a handout in the, in the system. The lipoprotein has a signal and, gets, and delivers omega-3 there, right? What these oils do is because it oxidizes in our body because of the way it gets processed of high temperatures, it actually disrupts his lipoproteins and it, it disrupts the chemical messaging so that lipoprotein doesn't know where to go. Mm-hmm. So now you have these lipoproteins that are just floating around out of nowhere. And now how do you clean them up in the body? The, the uh, macrophages, the white blood cells have to eat them. Mm-hmm. But when a macrophage eats that lipoprotein, it, create, it creates the oxidative stress. On a chronological long-term level, that creates atherosclerosis and plaque. And that's the real killer here. And it's, it's freaking wild, man. Dude. So, so imagine if Alzheimer's like, is just like this lipoprotein disruption or the type 3 diabetes. Like, 
all into a poor diet. It really is, like, man. Imagine, imagine if if we all jump from this standard American diet of of majority junk to a whole food based diet. I guarantee you, a lot of issues would not be as prevalent as they are now, for sure. It might take a few years because we have to combat all the negative stuff that we've ate yeah. prior and all these habits we've got into. But at a longevity level, they'll definitely have people trend upwards. You know, with every aspect with, of life, right? With every aspect of life, and maybe, um, but the thing is, you know how the universe kind of tends to balance itself out. Like even though there seems to be a downtrend in in cardiovascular disease over like the past like year or two, there maintains this this steady amount of deaths each year because COVID came came yes. up and all that. We looked at the studies. I don't know if it's last episode or a couple episodes ago, where the amount of deaths haven't changed. The trend hasn't changed. The reason why people are dying has changed. We had more yes. COVID deaths, so that that's what evened that out. So the universe is kind of evening, evening itself out. So what if this, what if us adapting this healthy diet, it gets rid of these chronic diseases like hypertension, diabetes, or these cardiovascular issues that we develop. But then, since we're not dying from that, we're we would be dying from external forces like a virus, like bacteria. You know, whatever that would be, nature way of of evening itself Balancing out. Balancing it out. You never know. We never know. Or I might just be completely wrong. And we might have an exponential growth in in the amount of years we have to live. Who knows? But we never know because it's not going to... If anything, we're trending more in the direction of more artificial food and artificial feedings than than going the healthy route of whole foods. Yes. And, th- and that's what's messed up is like when Bill Gates had that episode on 60 Minutes, he's saying like, we got to eat artificial food. Like, what the fudge, man? This is already highly processed. It's already bad. I could imagine what it is artificially. Like, dude, might as well just connect me to a freaking peg tube, dude, and feed me. Let me just be in virtual reality and F life. Right. I'm good, man. I want to eat a real thing. That's why, like, I, I was always into, like, thinking about doing hunting, dude. Like, imagine going out there, like, like that's why John was such a cool-ass dude from this hospital. Like, he used to just prep, like, two weeks, grow his beard out, and he just does, has no cell phone for a week, goes fucking hunt in the woods, and then and kills this elk and then has to freaking carry it back, man. Right. That's that's such a primitive, primitive uh, feeling of life that I want to experience, man. Yeah. You get like a you build different relationship with with animals, with and, nature, and, and everything. Nature, yeah. And that, that's what we are. Mm-hmm. So I think going more the artificial route is just not good for who we are as like humans. Yeah. Even if it's like healthier, if it's global warming, I don't know, man. Because cows only release like three percent of the methane gas mm-hmm. or the carbon. Yeah. So I don't know if. I don't know if we should be tackling food. You want to go after the cars? Sure, make them all electronic, but don't go after my cows, man. I like my meat. Right. But the thing is, like, as time progresses, we seem to be going to more of a... We're going to more of, like, a mind... Kind of, like, a mental state where we're leaving the more primitive aspects of ourselves behind as time ages. You know we're, we're losing touch with nature, bro. I think that's what it is. Yeah. But then again, we we are are nature as well. And there's always going to be nature, hopefully. Because it would be kind of weird if there's no more animals. It would just be be humans. I wonder how how that would feel. You know, just just humans. It's just artificial. There's like like in the movies. Because, you know, if you look at all these like movies based in the future, they don't have animals or anything really. It's just like a bunch of robots or computer systems or or buildings, these crazy buildings, these crazy vehicles. But you don't really see animals in it. Damn, I never thought about that. And usually movies are very good at, at like predictive programming of like events i never thought about that dude. because in theory if we're going to this like whole plant life lifestyle and things like that we technically won't really need animals 
you know, we, we won't, you know, would you be completely de dependent on, on agriculture? Yeah, but what would happen if you like to just destroy the ecosystem? You know, I have no idea what would happen. You yeah. know, you never, you never know what would happen. Would there still be trees? Like, who knows? Maybe they'll leave the trees and forests, but they're not going to be any kind of animals because we're going to need to clear land for agriculture. Yeah, I, I could see animals getting deleted, but insects probably not. Those are like a different. Um, you never species. know. Well, they might manually get rid of the insects because whatever you're doing agriculture, you don't want any insects on your food, right? So let's spray them with some more pesticides, more you know chemicals, and bugs might be eliminated. Yeah, I mean they're already genetically modifying the food, so yeah, you never know what can happen. Wild, wild, wild time, guys. So let me just tell you guys really quick of how these industrial seed oils are made, and then we'll go into the research of what we found. Uh, we kind of went off topic a little bit, but this is good because like people need the realization of like what the f, f mm. is going on. It's not just the news and the politics. It's like our lives are being affected by like the system in every aspect, food, spirituality, mentally exhausting, financially exhausting. It's messed up, man. It's crazy how you have to put in a lot of mental effort into food and to your diet to be healthy. And how easy it is to just let go of it and right. do whatever. Is that crazy? It's just so easy. It's, it it's is. ridiculous. So industrial seed oils, anything from soybean oil, which is soybeans, corn, corn oil, cotton seed oil, sunflower oil, rapeseed oil. These are refined, bleached, and they're not really suitable for human consumptions, but yet they um, use extremely high temperatures to create unsaturated fatty acids and they oxidize. These are the byproducts that are unhealthy to us. They're then bleached in like, um, oh, they actually have like a petroleum solvent called hexane to maximize the amount of oil that's extracted out of these um, plants. And next thing, they, um, they deodorize the chemicals. So they get rid of the smell and that process is known to produce some trans fats because we never know. We there might be trans fats from this byproduct, mm -hmm. but it's such a small like uh, label that they don't like label it, you know, because that's that's how labels are misleading. Right. That's, dude, and you know, how I mentioned, you know, look how this is made. Like, look how this is made. This is crazy. Yeah. And, and this is what we're consuming. Mm -hmm. And it's a huge majority of any all of our foods. Right. So let's go into this dogma that, so now you know that in the 1940s, there was this flip of research that pushed this hypothesis, the lipid cholesterol hypothesis, whatever it was, right? And it pushed for soybean and different oils to be popular in the market because it's healthy. Now we're looking at research, which we're going to tell you about. It seems like the opposite. Now we have now research, a, a science changes, right? Time we, goes on. Some time goes time on. Changes. We got to go back to meat now and maybe away from this plant oils, which are garbage, right? So they're known from this research that soybean oil is, causes more obesity and diabetes than fructose and sugar, Damn. which is commonly found in soda, processed foods, according to the scientists that published a paper from the University of California in Riverside. And man, I always talk shit about fru high fructose corn syrup, and this is, seems to be even worse for you. It's dude. worse. Yet yeah. we were like consuming it low key, yeah. right? I didn't even know what's it in it because it's, it's considered a vegetable oil, so it doesn't, it doesn't even say soybean oil. You yeah. didn't, somebody's even have a choice to, to consume it or not. And you know what's the crazy thing? Because you didn't know about this, and let's just say you had this stubborn fat, and you're like, oh my God, I can't lose this next like five pounds. What's going on? You were secretly consuming something that was leading you to just carry on more of this body fat. Yeah, and there's people out there that are probably super sensitive to soybean oil and, you know, it makes them gain weight like crazy, even even a small amount, but they don't know that it has it because of this damn labeling, dude. And it, yeah. this is this is crazy, man. So this study basically took mice, male mice, and they gave them four different diets. And basically these diets had 40% fats, which is what an average American consumes. 
So they mimicked the American lifestyle diet. One of the mice groups had coconut oil, which was a, t uh, there was a control group, which is primarily a saturated fat. Then they had another group, which was half coconut oil, half soybean oil, which is primarily un polyunsaturated fats, which is vegetable oil. And then the other two groups had a mixture of fructose added in. Um, so they compared everything and basically mice that consume high soybean oil were shown to increase weight gain, have larger fat deposits, a fatty liver, which we see a lot in kids now because of obesity, fatty liver injury, diabetes, insulin resistance, and things that are all part of the metabolic syndrome. So fructose is less likely severe than kidney oil, even if it comes to, uh, let's see. So soybean oil is more critical when it comes to negative effects on the kidneys and increased prolapsed rectums, uh -oh. which is a symptom of irritable bowel syndrome, which is also on the rise, right? Damn. These are the results, guys. If you consume a diet high in coconut oil, which is just fats in general, you have a 9% weight gain if you're fed this 40% just like they did. If you consume fructose-enriched diets, you have a 12%. Uh, these diets, these mouses, geez, I'm blanking mice. on here, mice gained 12% more weight. If you consumed soybean oil, you gained 25% more weight than my, these mice did. So, that's 16% more than just regular sugar. And think about these box goods. They have high fructose corn syrup and vegetable oil. It, one usually comes with the other, dude. If you yes. look at your granola bars, all those nice, good snacks, they probably have both in them. Like Oreos, for sure, have high fructose corn syrup and vegetable oil. So you're getting a double whammy. Not only do they got you on the sugars, they also got your ass on the oils, man. They got you by the balls, dude, by both balls, because they got you on both ends, dude. It's, you know, dude, it's crazy, man. You know, Pete? What's up? It gets creeper. Creepier. Creepier? You That's know why? Why? Because I've looked into another study and Damn. these soybean oils actually induce genetic changes in the brain Damn. that control metabolism. So not only is it bad for weight gain, it's also changing our gene expression. So those people that don't know, there's something called epigenetics. And for, the, for most of our lives, we've been told that my mother had diabetes, so I'm prone to getting diabetes because it runs in a family, aka genetics. But over the years, recently, research is showing that we also have something called epigenetics. And based on our lifestyle, based on our environment, what we consume, what we do, your genes are able to auto-regulate. They're able to t uh, turn expressions on and off. What does that mean? Specific proteins get turned on and off that regulate what body, what information your body, like, oh, geez, I'm blanking here. So these genes tell your body the information it needs to be created, how to be created, it's DNA. And they get disrupt, disrupted. It's like, a, it's like a printer, it tells you what to print. Yes, yes, that's a great way of putting it. So this study called the Dysregulation of Hypothalamic Gene Expression and Oxynergic System by Soybean Diets in Mice was published by the Journal of Endocrinology in uh, January 30th. So fresh study, and it indicated that oils have an effect on the brain control of insulin signaling and inflammation in the brain. And it also impacts neural pathways that are important in depression and Alzheimer's disease. I believe that because I was Googling a quick study here and it literally says that regarding soybean oil, they noticed, this is also a, a study regarding mice. So they noticed that one particular gene that produces oxytocin, also known as love hormone, seemed to be impaired in mice who ate soybean oil. So that's probably where, where the uh, depression so, comes yeah, into. Yeah, even like sexual dysfunction, yeah. maybe. You never know. Like, yeah, it's a giant cascade. So 
you're eating unhealthily, you're, you're gaining weight that way. Not only are you gaining weight directly through this, it's also inhibiting you to produce oxytocin, which brings you down in depression, which then makes you feel down so you don't feel like working out. So it's just straight rails you, you know, with everything, man. Yes, yes. And these Look, are no more soybean oil anymore, man. Yeah, man. We got we're about to go check the fridge right yeah. after this. I wonder if that A1 sauce that's on the kitchen countertop there has soybean. I'm about oil. to find out about to break it. I'm about to call them, man, to get with the soybean oil and <laughs> buy more products. Right. So the results. So soybean oil significantly changed over hundred hypothalamic genes compared to uh, coconut oil diets in these male mice. So there, there's also studies that compare different type of um, uh, coconut oils, but the main thing is here is that yes, over different hundred expressions of genes were you know turned off because of soybean oil. And what does the hypothalamus do? Well, it's, it's it has a pivotal role in our endocrine system. It controls body fat, adipose tissue. It regulates the caloric intake, the energy expenditure. Like it regulates our food intake and how much energy your body's going to burn. So it's very, very important. Just like people that get like, you know, hypothyroidism, like, you know, it affects our endocrine system. So this is messed up, man, that this oil does this. Yeah. And like, we're not saying that if you consume a single serving of some that contains oil, you're going to blow up, like, yes. you know, like Violet in, in um, Willy Wonka, you know, that's not what we're saying. It's just, it's this consistent consumption that leads to this consistent inflammation and negative effects over time that is going to give you these negative outcomes yes. and these negative, these negative health issues. Like it's okay if you have, you know, five Oreos, but don't have five Oreos for breakfast and then you have six for lunch and you take them to work for a snack and then you come home and then you, the whole box is gone. Yeah, that's going to be very unhealthy for you, and you're not gonna last very long on that kind of a diet, you know. Yes. And you're gonna and don't be wondering why. Hey, why am I gaining weight? Why, why this? Why that? It's because you're eating shittily. And if you're eating that much Oreos or that much snacks, then you're probably eating more. Because yeah. if you if you reflect on your diet, if if you're a person that snacks a lot and you reflect on what you ate that day, you're not gonna remember everything that you ate if you snack a lot. You're gonna yeah. forget. And that's and then if you're really struggling with, with your diet and you can't seem to figure out, hey, why am I gaining weight consistently? Why can't I, you know? Um, why can't I just stay in one weight? Then you should probably like at least track something so then you get a visual of how much you're What's actually happening. eating. Because five or it doesn't, doesn't seem like a lot, but then you read the box and it says that it has like 250 calories. Well, 250 calories is, is, isn't that much, right? But guess what? If you have if you have 10 instead of five, that's already 500 calories. Yep. And that's a lot. Try and burn 500 calories on, on a treadmill, you're going to be there for, for quite a bit. At least an hour minimum. Yeah, easy. Yeah, man. The diets are a big thing. Mm -hmm. And another thing here is that these genes, they actually alter. These genes were in charge of a processes such as inflammation, insulin signaling, just like I said, anxiety, depression, Alzheimer's, and even this oxygene, which was linked to neurological, metabolic and inflammatory diseases. Mm -hmm. So what's cool about research that's coming out now is we could finally DNA sequence and we could take RNA DNA and directly find out which um, protein your body isn't expressing and this is what it is and this is a such a good control study on mice like it's the evidence is here it's time to change your diets man mm -hmm. but those listening but you know tell that to the all these these manufacturers you're not gonna do it it's probably a lot cheaper than all the other oil too man yeah and that's why people have to realize like like if you don't buy it, the product guess what it'll eventually go away if yeah. we that's like your number one way to fight these companies is to just not buy their food that's all it is. And that's how we stand up as like the little people in a way mm. and not even stand up for like some government reason. No, it's just standing up against shitty foods, shitty diets that put us in this place that we need all these pills, all these like clinics opening up for kidney disease and stuff like that. Dialysis is on the rise. Like 
we don't need this mm-hmm. as a human race. Why do why do we give ourselves so much pain and suffering if we just changed our Western ways? Is what right. this real issue is. What the Western ways, and we'll start waking up and we'll be healthier and we could have maybe more influence on life. And that's what we need. Yeah. You want to end on that note? Yeah, man. It's, it's a great episode. Yeah. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed that. Thank you for whoever's listening on the live stream. Don't forget to donate to the Fight for the Forgotten and check us out on our 4x4x48 adventure. Peace, guys. Peace.